welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about Iron Man 2 with our very special guest, Andrew Ivamy. Hey, 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 everybody. It's me. I'm here. Deal with it. <laughs> Getting yes, some uh, from superheroes expertise uh, as we tackle who I think we've previously agreed is the real villain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tony Stark. <laughs> He's such a bad guy. He really is. It's a, doing this podcast has kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he's a piece of shit he is a piece of shit <laughs> yeah he is an awful piece of shit um and uh, i mean obviously whenever we have a guest on we do like to ask people what their relationship is with this movie uh you happen to run a superhero <laughs> podcast on our network but uh any other uh, what, what is your relationship with this movie uh well it's the it's the second best iron man movie uh so <laughs> it has that of the three iron man movies uh, yeah, I don't know. This is one that is, it's aggressively mediocre. I, I saw it in theaters. I've seen it many times since. It does get a little bit better with every rewatch. It's an, it's an okay movie, but I feel like everything that is charming about Tony Stark in the moment gets worse if you go back and rewatch any of his movies, which is a really fun journey to go on. Yeah. To, to the point where I'm like, I don't even think he would like him. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a very middle of the pack Marvel movie that I've seen too many times for a middle of the pack Marvel movie. I agree with you in that. I think this is the this is the first time that I've seen it in many many years. Anyway, um, I did find it more enjoyable than I remember it being the first time. I didn't find it as cluttered or as awkward as it was the first time because I knew because I think the criticism when it came out was that they're trying to set up so many things for mm-hmm. what eventually was the Avengers that it was kind of a muddled mess. But because I knew all the things that they were setting up, I was fine with it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I and 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 I uh, the other thing I noticed about watching this was, you're absolutely right. Watching this, you realize that Tony Stark does actually have a character arc through all these twenty movies, which is just it's so slow and subtle that you don't quite notice it movie to movie. But uh, it's actually a, a pretty eye opening in that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely review this movie as aggressively mediocre. I love that so much, and I am stealing it right now. Absolutely. You will be hearing me saying this going forward. Uh, Yeah, aggressively mediocre would be the word for it. But I do agree, yeah, like, Tony Stark is such, like, it's almost amazing to go back and watch these movies and see how much I allowed myself to put on rose-covered glasses over this man. Because I was like, how did I not notice how he was such a huge fucking dick this whole time? Because <laughs> the first time I watched it, I don't think I thought that. I don't think I left that movie going, oh, that hero was such a dick. I was like, oh, my God, isn't Robert Downey Jr. so charming? Isn't he so charming? Yeah, <laughs> like, isn't he so good in this role? He's, yeah. I know. And now I'm like, do I have a bad relationship with men? Like, I'm, like, questioning <laughs> myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like he's the, not good. Because the sad yeah. thing about his his journey, and Craig is right, like he has a big character arc over the course of these movies and all the Marvel movies, which is kind of nice that you see him grow and progress. But the character arc and journey he goes on is the emotional growth 
most of us experience year 14 to 18 of our life. <laughs> but somehow, like, it's a 40-year-old man who in the first movie is like, you know what's good? Money, guns, and titties. And we're like, fuck, this guy's fun, huh? This guy's fun to hang out with. What a fun guy. And then by the final movie, he's like, Maybe family and uh, I don't know life, sacrifice. social programs, sacrifice. <laughs> Be like he experienced just adolescence, but age thirty to fifty, and we're like, yeah. what a fun guy! He sells you in the moment. <laughs> he is everyone's idiot friend when we grew up. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen it, or maybe who don't remember what the brackets are of the Marvel story that encompass this particular movie. Um, this is obviously a sequel to Iron Man, um, where Tony Stark has essentially, as he says it, he's privatized world peace, right? He's been flying oh. around as Iron Man for, yeah, we'll get to Which that. Which didn't, sure. didn't that make you want to throw up? Oh, no, it, it didn't age oh. well. Uh, no, no, it did not age well. <laughs> um, he says that he is, uh, he has come out as Iron Man. He is Iron Man publicly. He feels like he has, uh, made the world a better place. The U.S. government wants to take his Iron Man suit because they are, uh, they claim rightfully that it is a weapon. Uh, it shouldn't be in the hands of a private citizen. And uh, that's all going on. Meanwhile, uh, Whiplash, uh, who is uh, basically, we figure out, find out Tony's dad ripped his dad off for all their designs. He decides to show up and uh, try and take Tony down. Um almost succeeds and then uh whiplash gets hired by uh, uh hammer um from hammer industries uh who is also trying to make iron man suits to sell to the u.s government um and then is ultimately betrayed by whiplash who reprograms all his robots to attack iron man <clears throat> and then iron man and uh roadie uh fight all, fight, fight those iron men there's a there's <laughs> <laughs> they should, they should have called this movie Iron Men. Um, <laughs> Iron Man 2, Iron Men. But I mean oh that I mean that pretty much sums it up though, right? Did I miss any clear points? No, I think you summed it up. I yeah. mean for me, it's not I don't think necessarily it's like we're watching a movie where the villain is correct. I think we're watching a movie where all the main characters are the same person. You know what I mean? There's very little difference between these characters other than the fact that we're watching one most of the time. <laughs> I would agree with that 100%. Um, Justin Hammer, particularly, as a villain... I don't think he's guilty of anything other than being less charismatic than Tony Stark. Well, I don't know. He does. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. He does like literally set another prisoner up to get murdered, gets this guy out. He's, he's got a different thing. Hammer to me is a, he's a little, he's a little more evil than everybody else. Uh, but as far as like Whiplash and Iron Man, these two are on the same level for me, as far as I'm concerned. No, I okay. think I think Iron Man is below the level of everyone else. He is operating so low. Like oh. Ju Justin Hammer set up a prisoner to die to let someone escape, which I'm not saying is ideal. I'm not saying is ideal. But Iron Man is like I've privatized world peace by operating extrajudicially paramilitary ex paramilitary operations yes. where anyone I deem bad, I fly into their hideout, shoot everyone in the head without a trial, and leave. 
everyone <laughs> bow to me, applaud me, and buy my stock. And Justin Hammer is like, I think I need to get this dude out of prison. Like, Justin Hammer is a dude doing his best to operate <laughs> under, like, our real-world normal level of shady government military contracts. And Tony Stark is like, what if... I were a god. Like, that is the level that he's operating on. You know what? You've sold me. You've sold me. Andrew, I cannot agree with you anymore on that point. Where you go, the second that you acknowledge that Tony Stark has uh, killed people because he thinks that they are dangerous, you have to write off Justin Hammer uh, right away for killing that one prisoner. One prisoner he kills. Yeah. Or not even kills. Sets up to be killed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's everyday real world slimy, and Tony Stark is comic book villain slimy, and he's supposed to be the comic book hero. Yeah, it's uh, and and his whole purpose, Justin Hammer's purpose, is he wants to sell weapons to the U.S. government who want the weapons. You know, like a military contractor does. Yes. The thing that Stark Industries (laughs) made a bunch of money off of, Tony benefits off of constantly and just doesn't do anymore because he prefers owning all of the weapons himself like a living military. That's that's why he doesn't do the thing that he thinks Hammer does is bad. Yeah, and I mean... Again, the only other thing Hammer's really guilty of is not quite being as smart as Tony. Yeah. Like, he can't get these modern weapon systems up and running as easily as this super genius Tony Stark does. It's <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. But Whiplash, I think, he just got done dirty by the Starks. Oh, yeah. He got done yes. real dirty. Real yeah. dirty, dude. His dad got shipped out only because. What was the reasoning so, uh, that his his father cut him out? Because I remember first, writing it down and being like, "That's fucked." Yeah, at first they set it up as like he was convicted of espionage. They th- they were like, "He's a spy," so he was deported back to Russia. Mm-hmm. Later on in the movie, uh, Shield reveals that. It wasn't because he was a spy. It was because he was working with uh, uh, Tony's dad to create what, what a, a prototype of the arc reactor, which they didn't quite get going back in the day. But Whiplash's dad wanted to make money off of it. And Howard Stark was like, uh, no, we've got to do this for the good of mankind. But then proceeds to make tons of money. Off somehow. of the weapon trade. Right. Off of selling, an off of arms race. Yes. So, so Howard Stark was working with this broke genius who was like, I've come up with a revolutionary, infinite, clean energy source. I think I could move out of my shack with the money we make from this. I am a refugee from Soviet Russia. Yes. <laughs> I, have. I have come to America to make money selling my technology. Yeah. And I'm doing my best, and I've created something amazing. I think we can make some money off of that. After which, during which, Howard Stark says, as a man who's already a billionaire in presumably the 80s, who's made a fortune off of several, off of like World War II and several wars selling 
bombs and weapons to the military. Howard Stark is like, but I'm already rich. Let's give away the energy and I'll just keep <laughs> selling guns. And, oh, Anton, and Anton Vonko says, actually, I think we should just sell it as an energy source. So he sets him up and, and he sets him up for espionage and has him deported. What the living hell, Howard Stark? <laughs> you you set a man up for espionage and had him deported because he wasn't already rich like you. Yeah. And then is like, and then to add insult to injury goes, oh, I can't actually figure this out yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's not smart enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hide the uh, secret to it in the 1974 Stark Fair For my precious baby boy to find in the future because no one other than my family should be able to profit from this. Yeah. He's like, the world deserves clean energy. And what happens? He sits on it, makes sure the world never gets clean energy until his precious baby boy gets to make a suit of nuclearized armor out of it. That is what he has someone deported for. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, I hope my uh, infant son uh, can figure this out. I hope he grows up to be a super genius and not a uh, spoiled privileged drunken asshole which genetics says he probably will uh not a petty dick like me the man no. who had my friend deported today <laughs> it's a and they just gloss over that point so much where uh, howard stark had him deported mm -hmm. yeah and didn't send him any money this guy died in like the lap of he's just so sick and he's uh, he's in poverty this guy is is now like watching the TV on repeat of his like failed life. Yeah. Um. What a nightmare to live in. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you get somebody to pour, you gotta you gotta send a brother a cool mill. I think you know what I mean. At least at Russia, cool half mill. You're doing some shit. Okay. Like I don't understand not giving this man any money. <laughs> well. I don't understand not giving him money. I understand why he didn't. You would give money to someone that you fired from the company for their intellectual property, not someone you framed for espionage. That is very much a, I would not like to pay any of my employees ever. And also, I didn't make money off of this because I couldn't figure it out after I framed you for espionage. So there's not a lot of liquid capital in that, uh, in that, in, in that uh, intellectual property anymore. Listen, uh, Tony, the biggest the lesson money. of my life was make sure the technology works, then frame them for an espionage. <laughs> 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 I got that wrong. And, <laughs> and, and in, a, in another way, like structurally, that's what I really like about this movie is it does show the two paths. Like Ivan, uh, Whiplash Ivan, uh, is the son of the guy who got screwed over by Howard Stark. And he has had to turn to a life of crime where he he's a nuclear physicist, but he's selling, uh, he is selling uh, information and technology to governments that are deemed threatening, right? So again, he's doing what Tony Stark is doing. He's just on the other side of it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh so absolutely. He, I mean, governments are doing that all the time. Governments are selling. Selling weapons uh, in places they shouldn't be or shouldn't go or, or places that they do not publicly support 
Um, this is pretty uh, par for the course, I think. Par for yeah. the course on that guy. Yeah, and to that point, I think uh, I think Whiplash has one of the best villain plans I've ever heard of in the MCU. And I would argue he actually succeeded in what he was trying to accomplish, which yeah. is he doesn't want someone to die. He doesn't necessarily want to kill Tony. He just wants to show the world that he's vulnerable. And he succeeds in that. He, like, yeah, he yeah. says to him, he's like, I just want to make... I just want to make a god bleed and people will realize you're not a god anymore. So, like, the big bad of this movie wasn't even, like, I'm going to murder you, I'm going to steal money, I'm going to... I'm gonna have I'm gonna have your friend deported. His whole plan was like, what if I hurt you a little bit? And then maybe governments and people would hold you accountable. And Tony was like, Oh well, I never. As a as a born rich man, I've never heard someone dare say I could be injured or accountable, sir. Like that is the level of of oh, ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. And I forgot how good uh uh Mickey Rourke is in this, uh, but Jesus, the one line that I wrote down was he he goes, you come from a family of thieves and butchers, and now like all guilty men, you try and rewrite your own history and forget all the lies the Stark family destroyed. And you go, wow, what a, f- like, what a fucking takedown in such a perfect sentence there, you know? Like just that monologue with him sitting in jail being like, I did it. I just had to show you that you are vulnerable, that I can make you bleed. And everything everything past that point in that movie is just icing on the cake for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something else I love about this villain is he's not a big monologuer. You know what I mean? Like, he's not showboating here. He shows up. He doesn't even announce who the fuck he is, okay, until questioned later. Yeah. He just shows up and starts doing what he needs to do, and I respect that. Okay, I like that, because this guy isn't here to make fame or showboat or, like you said, get a bunch of money, get something. All he wants to do is show the world who this person really is. Yes. and to quote Hamilton, immigrants, we get the job done. <laughs> like, that is what... That is what Ivan Vongo is doing, where he's like, I show up to make Tony bleed. He bleed, good night. Like, that's it. That is all. He's just like, I work hard. I accomplish work task, work task underpaid. That is life. Like, that is his whole thing. He's just like, work hard, do the thing. He's the exact opposite of Tony Stark. He's like, no extra credit needed, no braggadocia, just immigrants, we get the job done. That's and even then, Hammer's like, name your price. He's like, I want my bird. <laughs> <laughs> Just my bird. Okay, uh, I need, I need to, we need to go on a slight tangent here. I need yeah. to ask both of you, is that the bird? This question oh, has plagued yeah. me since the movie came out. What do you think? Was that the actual bird? I don't think so. Oh, see, I'm going to, I think it is. And I think he's just kind of fucking with Hammer. Because he's been fucking with Hammer since the moment he gets brought out of jail, right? Mm. No, I I don't think that Hammer's the type of motherfucker to roll out that much. You know what I mean? I don't think... I I think he's, he's... Hammer to me is like a like a, a guy that runs a car dealership. You know what I mean? Like he just doesn't. 
he's and and one that's not doing a good job either. You know what I mean? Like he's it's like he's trying to act like a car salesman, but he doesn't really know how. He cuts corners everywhere. You know what I mean? He seems like the type of guy that would fucking put super glue on a bumper. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, I don't think that's the bird. I don't think he sent out people to find that fucking bird. No. Okay, but- I think he went down the street. Was like, do you have a bird that looks like this? <laughs> and then that guy was like, you know what? It's not my bird, but I love birds. It's my bird now. And I would argue that he is such a fuck up and so desperate for to get a one up on Tony. Like, look at the 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 lengths he went to just to bust Ivan out of prison, right? Finding a duplicate, putting him in there, bribing all these guards, everything. Like that was no easy task for him, especially how much considering how much he fucks up. Uh, but I think he went to Russia and got that bird i think to a dangerous people, area in russia because we no, can't I don't assume think he, this guy's living in the ritz okay? i don't think he personally went but i think he sent someone he to sent get someone it. because yeah. there is that moment when when he goes and like takes ivan's shoes and takes the bird back there's a moment of sincere confusion from sam rockwell when ivan gets upset and sam rockwell is like well is it the bird or isn't it like he seems so frustrated <laughs> like it, it seems like a man who did tell someone to get the bird Ivan was just doing kind of a power play to make him feel off balance. And now he's like, I don't know what, what the bird is, but I honestly don't know what the answer to this question is. It's been to the point that since this movie came out, I've been on an investigation to find out whether or not it's the bird <laughs> to the point where sometimes when you look up movie credits and on IMDb, they'll credit the animals that played the character. Yes. So like you look up like the Revenant and it'll be like, it's Charlie the bear as the bear. And you know how sometimes when actors double play a character, it'll have like that little slash. So yeah. I was looking for like what bird was credited for this role to see if it was bird number one and bird number two. And I'd be like, ah, it was two different birds. You were credited as two characters. <laughs> like there are, I've been on such a hunt and I can't find the answer and I don't know why, but it drives me insane that I can't figure out whether or not it was the bird. It brings me some joy that these are the details that, upset you about these movies now like you <laughs> was it the bird <laughs> <laughs> i think it was the bird i think it was the bird i don't think it was the bird oh, fair enough that's a it's a split team here this is the yeah, great we could see why you would generation. be you would have a question yeah <laughs> yeah because i think he was just saying it's not the bird to fuck with him is what i think i think he went through all the effort and then hammer is so frustrated because he thinks he got the right bird and he's being told no it's not the right bird i think it could go either way i think yeah. it could go either way it's really tough it's really tough it's a real hairline yeah, i'm not married to my answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not like this is my hill this is where i die <laughs> that was a different bird no, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah i think uh i think ivan slash whiplash is pretty well justified and 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 one of the few villains that we've talked about who's quite successful in what he initially sets out to do. I think he accomplishes his goals and then kind of gets to take another crack at Tony. Um, but let's just talk for a minute about what a piece of shit Tony Stark is in this. Holy fuck. What a douchebag. A privatized <laughs> world peace is got to be... I remember that being... A- I've privatized world peace a little. Because <laughs> that's not world peace. That's like... Tyranny. That's, That's tyranny. tyranny. Yes. Yeah. Wor- world peace that hinges on the condition that one man is richer, stronger, and more powerful than everyone else. So everyone's afraid to make a move is not world peace, Tony. And the fact that like the room applauds that is bananas. 
Yeah, it's it is a very American way to think about it. Oh, the whole thing's so amazing. Some of it, I'm like, guys, please, like him showing up at the beginning where he like comes down through the through the fireworks, which is just for him because nobody can see that. Yeah. Okay, so he's just like dodging the fireworks, like, oh, I'm so cool in my brain. Whatever shows up, there's like 16 half naked women dancing behind him. He shows up, everybody applauds, big American flag. Everybody's dick is hard. It's like it's too much for me. I can't stand it. If you were to condense Tony Stark into one sentence, I think I wrote it down here. Uh, um, does she come with the car? Uh, That's it. Yeah. That's Tony Stark in a sentence. I'm like, you are just a, a gross man that gets drunk <laughs> and hits on anything with legs. It's such a weird, like, uh, like having a Black Widow uh, kind of like woven through this storyline. One thing I can't say, I know this is such a small fucking thing, but like when I watch this scene, it makes me want to crawl inside of myself. I hate it so much. When she's like, is this martini dirty enough for you? I'm like, bitch, that martini has a lemon in it. It's not dirty at all. Okay, <laughs> dirty refers to olive juice. If you put olive juice in that martini, that martini's fucked, okay? It's got lemon in it, bitch. Okay, no your beverages. <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that is just inaccurate. That is innuendo to have innuendo, and it, just put it put an olive in it. God damn it! <laughs> oh, this is the bird all over again. This is the level of passion over nothing that I love to see. This oh, is just... why we're all friends. Because I'm mad about the bird. You're worried about martinis. Uh... Craig's gonna bring up some science shit later. Oh, you I want me to bring up the science? I can bring up the science shit now if you science want. Science is Craig. Science is okay. <laughs> Because here's the thing, this really pisses me off, uh, <laughs> is that the whole subplot here is that Tony Stark is actually dying the whole time because his uh, arc reactor in his chest is slowly poisoning him. Mm -hmm. uh, palladium poisoning or whatever. He's got heart diabetes, as I put it. Uh, his heart is slowly killing him. Um, and the solution ends up being, God, this is the dumbest thing, is that his father hid information about a new element in the diorama or, or whatever for the Stark Expo. Mm. And he creates a new element that solves his problem and gives him more superpowers or whatever, right? Okay, here's the dumbest thing. First of all, <sighs> elements aren't hard to discover, <laughs> right? Like, like, don't get me wrong. They're hard to like prove that they exist. But the difference of one element to the other is just adding an extra proton, Right? Like, you go, how many protons are in this? 116? Oh, that would be a new element. Keep, and you keep going. So, like, there's no bizarre element out there that we haven't heard about yet because you just keep adding numbers, right? So, sure, maybe it hasn't been synthesized yet, but in no way does a diagram of an atom help Tony Stark figure out what element he's going to do. Which one doesn't poison him. Yeah, exactly. Which I assume would be most of them. Well, most I, of the non-poisonous ones wouldn't poison him, is what I would assume. Well, most of the ones that have been discovered, would you'd know whether it's poisonous or not. Most of the ones that haven't been discovered are like element 116, which exists like for like 0 0.0256 seconds because it just decays and everything else immediately. Right. So <clears throat> characterizing it as an element was so ridiculous, um, especially because you could have just said 
some compound or alloy or something like that. Some, oh, look, the way we arrange the molecules now, it's stable and doesn't cause poison. And you'd be like, great, I get it. But like, there's only a hundred or so elements. We, y- you know them all, or at least know them that they exist in theory. So it's just, it drove me crazy that they just phrased it that way because it's so simple to get right. And by right, I mean a way that it is believable where I don't give it a second right. thought. Yeah. Mm. Where it's so We're- blatantly wrong is my problem. Where the science of it bothers me is that he is only dying from his own vanity and from the fact that he really <laughs> likes having armor. Because in the first movie, the the arc reactor replaces when he like first gets blown up and wakes up in a cave. Yes. Um, uh, Jensen, the other scientist in the cave with him, is stopping the the shrapnel from going into his heart with a car battery hooked up to a <laughs> magnet laid on his chest. <laughs> And Tony's like, I actually got an idea for like a really cool thing that'll make a suit of armor and power that and fly me around the world. And that's what's poisoning him. So at any point, he could replace this with a car battery and a magnet and not die multiple times. But he loves being the precious baby boy who has the armor. Yeah. He's got to be the precious armor boy. And I caught that too because... At- when he's really depressed about it, he's then partying in the Iron Man suit. He and, has to be the special armor boy. Yeah. It's like you are accelerating your death by unnecessarily partying in this thing. And yeah, s- and also destroying your home and <sighs> trying to aggress your best friend. Oh, god damn. Like that whole battle between him and um oh why Rody, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. Like, why are we even having this? You know what I mean? If if somebody's trying to hold an intervention for me, I'm probably going to take a knee. You know what I mean? I'm at least going to listen to it, okay? Even <laughs> if I think they're wrong. You know what I mean? I'm not going to come in swinging, okay? Just fists a-flying, you know what I mean? Like, he's just really trying to do what he can. He's trying to help him out. He's trying to really get this guy grounded. Instead, Tony's like, you know what? I'm I'm going to I'm going to live how I died uh, or I'm going to die how I lived uh, somehow loud but silent at the same time. Okay? Like, I just I can't. It's it's too much for me. He's a dick. Oh yeah. Mwah, mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> loud but silent. I died how I lived is perfect description of Tony. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. And that scene is also the perfect demonstration of why Tony should not be the one that has the suit of armor. Because mm-hmm. he is so mentally unstable, he blows up his own house by accident. He's he's using, like, a nuclear-powered blaster ray to, like, shoot champagne bottles out of the sky and blow up watermelons over top of people. Like, in what way are his partygoers looking at that and going, this is fun and not at all terrifying? Yeah, they should easily be very scared of him because yes. that's a scary, drunk, lunatic of a man who's choosing death over not being the special metal boy. <laughs> <laughs> and endangering all every, of his party Everyone's guests. special metal boy. And yeah, people are definitely going to have like glass in their eyes and hair afterwards. <laughs> and uh, just to go back to like the dirty martini thing and like Black Widow... <laughs> Infiltrating. This is a man so on on the edge and so easily manipulated 
that S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, okay, so we have a man who has the greatest weapon in the world with the most wealthy company in the world. How do we infiltrate him? And someone at S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, if we just send a woman who's a little hot around him, I think he'll promote her until she has access to everything. And that was all S.H.I.E.L.D. did. Like, Black Widow shows up with a file and is like, can I have your signature? And he's like, hire this woman. She'll be around all the time. She will be 10 to 15 feet away from the Iron Man armor at any given moment of the day. And, like, of course, he's he's too volatile to have this armor when the military's like, is it safe with you? No. He, <laughs> let, he lets women touch it because they're slightly attractive around him. <laughs> he not only lets, like, them see the armor, but be like, you now have access to my company's secrets. You're promoted to the executive assistant. I liked that line about dirty martinis you said that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it had lemon in it. But you seem smart enough to understand the finances and corporate secrets. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, no, absolutely. This guy to me is having like you're essentially letting a man you're you're facilitating his midlife crisis. You're like, "Hey, that super dangerous motorcycle you bought, keep it. Don't worry about it. Just let it roll around. It's cool. You're definitely not going to kill yourself for sure." Like what like what do you mean? This guy has a death sentence. And that's another like thing where we go back into the beginning where we're talking about the government trying to take it. And I do get it because like there is something to be said of like I I don't like the way the American government does things. So there is something to be said of like, oh, okay, like I understand what I'm supposed to be feeling when I'm watching this. In, in spite of my feelings, I still agree. I'm like, this man should not have this, okay? This is how wrong he is. You're getting me to agree with the American government. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it was, I think it was the senator that said this, who we later know turns out to be a Hydra agent, so that kind of like tampers mm. us a bit. But I think he yeah. was the one that Gary, says... Gary Shandling, Yeah, Senator. Gary Shandling. Just the wettest lips Shandling. of yeah. all time. He's got very well. How are your lips moist 24 hours? Like, <laughs> I... He... When I see somebody like that, I'm like, you just look like you've... Re- I don't know. I can't, I can't get into it. Anyway, the point is, is that it's gross, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't care for right. it. They did pick a very gross, mm. like, dry, smart... Dry them lips, Gary Shandling. Oh, dry them lips. Oh, girl, get a tissue. Like... <laughs> Oh. Um, well, the point I was going to make Sorry. <laughs> before we got off on wet, wet lips uh, was <clears throat> somebody actually says, it's like, Tony, there's, event, there's going to be a threat that you don't foresee or that you don't yes. see. And that sets the bar for every single thing Tony Stark does from here on out. Uh, Ultron, which happens not soon after this. Uh, uh, Loki. Uh, Thor, like everything that he encounters from this point on is something that he does not foresee and can't possibly foresee or he he tries to outsmart and and would have been helpful if the government had this technology because yeah yeah, because I wrote down the line he says is it possible Mr. Stark because Tony says like only I should have the Iron Man costume and he says Mr. Stark is it possible there's threats coming you can't foresee and Yes. yes a bunch. So many things are coming he can't foresee that if we had an army of Iron Man suits, 
we might have done a little better. Like the battle, like even when we win the battle of New York in Avengers with the fucking worm aliens coming through, they knocked over half the buildings and like, it's like, yeah, we won. We had a single Iron Man suit. Maybe if the military had a bunch, we could have done much fucking better in that battle if every cop was in an Iron Man suit. Like, there's so much coming that he doesn't know about. Yeah. Oh, that's a terrifying statement. <laughs> every cop in an Iron Man suit? Oh, it's, my God. <laughs> I'm not saying it's unproblematic, but... Holy shit. In hindsight, they were correct to be like, maybe there's new shit coming. Maybe you can't handle it all. Maybe you're not cut out for everything. And, pro- uh, oh, God, yeah. It's- the progression of Tony throughout all of the Marvel movies... He progresses from, in this movie, there only needs to be one of me, and I don't need oversight. Then, uh, come the time of Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, uh, he's like, I still don't need oversight, but we need way more of me. And then when we get to (laughs) Captain America Civil War, he's like, there should only be one of me, but we need a bunch of oversight, so we all need to sign government (laughs) contracts. At which point it then progresses to Infinity War, where he's like, the government oversight was wrong, but we did need more of me. Also, I can't protect us. (laughs) At any given moment, Iron Man, Tony Stark thinks that last year Tony Stark was a fucking idiot who was wrong. Like, he can't even agree with him. He's never consistent. Which which brings me to, I think the one thing that is consistent about Tony Stark, though, and it is a strategy that upsets me to no end, whereas everything he's trying to solve, he's, he's a man with a hammer, and so everything looks like a nail, right? His... His solution to being a morally bankrupt arms dealer was, I'm going to create the Iron Man suit. So instead of making weapons, I'm going to make a more powerful weapon. And then Iron Man 2 comes along and he's like, oh, I'm going to make many Iron Man suits. And then it's, oh, I'm going to make Ultron. And then it becomes, oh, no, I'm going to fix Ultron by making Vision. (laughs) Like he just keeps building bigger hammers to solve the problem. He's, or he's the little old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> like, that's uh, all he is. <laughs> there was an old man who invented a suit. <laughs> I don't know why he invented the suit. I guess we'll die. <laughs> there was an old man who had a hammer who had a man with a suit. <laughs> Yeah, given a little bit of time, I could work out how it would work. How it would work. And he invented the arc reactor to replace the battery. The arc reactor was then put into the suit. The suit was used to escape the terrorists. The terrorists were created with the weapons that he made. The weapons that he made, based on his father didn't love him, his father then sent his, <laughs> sent his co-creator and had him deported after being set up, who then attacked him, so he needed a better suit, but the better suit was poisoning him. It's just, it is such a cascading series. <laughs> So and yeah, you're right. It's that it's even intergenerational, right? The reason that Tony Stark is doing the things he's doing is because his dad did them. It's just like let's just put an end to this whole Tony Stark thing. Let's let's put an end to Starks. You know, don't pass this on to fucking beautiful baby boy Peter Parker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't. Oh my gosh. You know what moment, one moment that shook me when, uh, when the whole attack's happening at the end, um, and there's that kid in the Iron Man, um, helmet, right? And they're going to shoot, like, they're going to shoot him because they think he's Iron, uh, like the, the robot is essentially reading it as this is Iron Man. Iron Man then shows up, blasts the, uh, blasts the attacker, okay, kills him, looks at the kid, says, Good job, kid. But at no point, and I swear, this would take two seconds, I'd be like, you know what? Probably should take off that mask, though. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just letting this kid walk around for the rest of the movie with, like, at least five more minutes with these things flying around looking for Tony Stark. Okay, I would have taken the breath. You know what I mean? I would have said, hey, kid, also, just just for the next five. You know what I mean? Just take that off. (laughs) He puts, like, a a Target t-shirt on the kid and goes, like, go wander around in the open space. Yeah, go, get it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Such a weird move. It's okay. Most of these are heat seeking, so I'm gonna give you a flare. <laughs> <laughs> Any heat seeking missiles, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that should be the move. Is yeah. Remove but he the needs kid to leave target. on a cool line. So good job, kid. <laughs> But instead, she'll be like, take that mask off. Here's $20. Go see a Star Wars. Like, I don't know yeah. what you do, but like, you take care of that kid. Get Go inside a for a couple War. hours, buddy. Like, get out of here. Yeah, man. It's insane. Uh, Tony is just like, the more it, it, it sucks because I like these movies so much, but the more you watch it, it's like, man, the MCU would be so much better off without Tony Stark. Yeah. 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 Like without Tony Stark, what happens? Uh presumably Thor still shows up, right? Yeah, you you get still all of the characters other than Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get all the characters other than Tony. The the global weapons maybe aren't quite as good as they might have been previously without Stark Tech. They're a little less sci-fi-y, but I think other than that, like the world kind of keeps going. Yeah. I think you'll be yeah, right. you know what's funny with him is he's one of the only superheroes where he can take it off. Okay, he could at any point give that responsibility to somebody else, but refuses to. Okay, because when you see like when you see the Hulk, when you see like even Black Widow, who is uh, just essentially kind of a regular person that has been trained into this like machine unit. Um, she can't take her past off. You know what I mean? Like, she can't take any of that off. This is who she is. Okay, Tony Stark, at any moment, any moment, okay, could have given this to somebody he deemed at deserving or has these skills or what have you, but he needs to be the main guy. He needs to be the big the big guy in all of this operation, the showboat, the person that does it all, because, you know, because he's it's him. It's uh, He's an alcoholic. <laughs> And he, he, he's yeah. got to be the center of attention, and he, it's got to be him that's the smartest person in the room that figures it out. Yeah, because if he gave his suit to someone, uh, the important question to him then would be, who would be your special metal boy? And that's what he <laughs> needs to know, and he needs to know the answer is him at all times. You, you're my special, special metal, metal boy. boy. Yeah. 
And to him being having to be the smartest person in the room, this is actually one of the major, I, for me at least, one of the major plot points of this movie is that when he goes in um, to see who's been attacking him, he then unloads everything he did wrong with his reactor. He's like, oh, well, you should have done this and this work was sloppy and da 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 I'm like, oh, if you didn't have this compulsion to let people know that you're the smartest person in the room, you wouldn't be telling somebody that you think is an evil guy all of the secrets and everything he did wrong, but you just have to show you have the biggest dick in the room like every other day of your life. Yeah, I, I got you because I got lucky. I got so lucky that uh, Hogan, uh, Happy Hogan showed up with the, uh, with the suit when he did. Otherwise, Tony Stark's dead. Exactly. And at no point did any of this extra stuff had to happen. If he hadn't have told that guy that he or even had told Whiplash that he wouldn't have um, had uh, he wouldn't have been able to refine his own idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Tony's it literally not like keeping secrets. There is sure. so much blood on Tony Stark's hands in this movie because anybody that dies or gets hurt after you've given this man this information, it's on you a bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, here's here's how predictably I need to ha- uh, like I need to have a how big is it contest that Tony is that in that scene that like Monaco racing scene. Yep. Tony like was not scheduled to race his car. A race car driver was supposed to race the car, you know, like normal people should. And the race car driver was quite upset, which I love. <laughs> Because it makes a lot of sense. He's probably worked his entire life to be this race car driver at this very famous race. I feel like it would be like any of us like getting ready to film a Netflix special. And suddenly Tony Stark just comes in and is like, I bought Netflix. I can tell jokes now. Be like, but you didn't train or prepare in any way. This has been our life until now. So he races something he wasn't scheduled to do. And that's where Whiplash attacks him. Whiplash like infiltrated like the pit crew and was ready to attack Tony racing, even though he was never scheduled to race. Because Whiplash knew he was like, this little dick man is so insecure that he cannot be the like not the <laughs> special boy for a minute. Yeah. He 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 will need to unscheduled race the car with his name on it. And that's where I'm going to attack him. Even though this is in no way scheduled. I know he'll be so insecure. He has to be the center of attention. I, w- I could also see that as a, he wasn't intending on, like, even though Tony wasn't scheduled to drive, he knew Tony would be there and he knew that disrupting the race in that way would draw Tony out. It just happened to be that he was racing that day too. I think that also works as a plan. It does. But I think he would, I think he knew, I think he knew. Yeah. He knew that he was going <laughs> to race. Come on. There's a big fast car that has his name on it. It says Stark right across yeah. the car. That's like a big metal dick. Of course, Tony's got to be in it to let you know that he's the special metal boy with the big dick energy. He has to let you know. Uh, and I, we mentioned the Hulk a little while earlier that Tony's working with the Hulk, right? And I just want to go back to Justin Hammer with that regard, because I think one thing you could criticize him for is the fact that he's working with Whiplash. He's working with a guy who's essentially a monster, right? Who has attacked people and done a lot of property damage and has been arrested. But Tony 
works with monsters. He works with the Hulk. He works with Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner and the Hulk destroyed. Uh, what did they? What did they destroy? Uh, I, I know it's Young Street in Toronto, but in the movie, what was it? It was uh, uh, Harlem. Harlem, yeah, Harlem. <laughs> they destroyed Harlem. Like people certainly died from that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But Tony decides it's morally okay to work with Bruce Banner slash the Hulk because he feels like that gets him what he needs to, right? And Hammer is doing the exact same thing with Whiplash, only we know that Whiplash can control it. And instead of working in his own self-interest, he's actually working in the interests of the U.S. government, Right? He is a weapons contractor that works for the U.S. government and is working with people who he thinks are necessary to work with in order to serve that goal. It's like morally, the two of them are at best equal, if not Hammer having a slight advantage. Yeah, I mean, I could. How do you disagree with it? <laughs> seems like a seems like some solid logic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah know. they're both doing the same shit. One's just slightly less successful. Yeah, exactly. He's I I wrote him down. He's uh, Tony Stark with zero charisma, and uh, who got had by a Russian hacker. Like that's the <laughs> that's his biggest failing in the entire entire movie. I do love Sam Rockwell as a villain too. Sam Rockwell oh. has so much fun in this role. Oh yeah, real fun. He's the yeah. I lo- I love him. He's really good at being a dick. He really is. He's kind of got that face that you're like, oh, you're a dick, but you can kind of get away with it. But I also kind of hate you just based off of your smile somehow. <laughs> like, but I also <laughs> want you to be better. Yeah, yeah, he, for sure. His some of the best roles he's played are the the arrogant fuck up, like the guy who kind of has to come around or like, yeah. Uh, I, I I'm always happy to see Sam Rockwell in something. You know what I mean? And there were little character details with Justin Hammer that I loved in this movie, too. Like, the fact that any time that he raised his hands, he was using self-tanner and bronzer, and his hands were, like, totally brown on the palms because he's so orange that he's using self-tanner. And it was this little character detail that any time he, like, pointed or raised his hand, you could see on his palm, it was just nothing but dark brown residue. I didn't even catch that. That's so funny. I did not catch that either, yeah. Such a funny little character detail that makes that seem so real (laughs) that I'm like, oh, I've seen that human being who, like, lifts their, opens their fist for a second, and it's like, you're 90% sure that they use, like, rub-on self-tan, and then they open their palm, and you're 100% sure they use, like, rub-on bronzer. Yeah, it's so crazy. You can afford bronzer, but you can't afford gloves. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, so good. Yeah. I I mean, who hasn't done that, though, right? Huh? Anybody? (laughs) I did that for a bit. I'm a real pale lady. I, uh, when I was a teen, I had like, so, so, you know, when you're a teen and you're like, well, I have to be the thing that I'm not. Cause, cause, cause of course, I don't know. Yeah. Life and peer pressure and what have you. And every time I put it on, I was like, I just look so unnatural. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look good ever. 
hurt. I've never seen a person and been like, you look amazing. And then they told me, oh, self-tanner. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, always, oh, that's the key. It's like buying women's magazines. Like, I always get, every once in a while, I'm like, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe this, maybe I like this. And then I buy it. And I'm like, no, I hate this. I hate this every time. It's a timeless hate <laughs> that will go on for for the rest of my life, I think. <laughs> Because when you ask someone, like, you look great, what have you been doing? It's never self-tanner. It's always just someone being like, water. I've just been drinking more <laughs> yeah. water. And you're like, fuck, you look amazing. I that's stopped drinking water. beer. Yeah. Like, that's, just, that's if it's a comedian, it's water. always they've quit alcohol. Yeah. I've lost 50 pounds. My skin is tighter. I'm sleeping better. Uh, Anytime I see a male comic drinking red wine, I'm like, you're on a diet. <laughs> you're on a diet. I know you're on a diet. Oh, except that. I mean, I'm getting to the point where all alcohols are problematic in some way. Mm. I switched yeah. to the red, red red wine. It's like I'm waking up with massive heartburn. Like I, <laughs> I'm feeling it in my nose kind of shit in the morning. Uh, just can't wait. I'll hit a Tums right quick before I have a red wine night. Like I'm hitting that age right yeah. now. Just soup for dinner, quick Tums, couple glasses <laughs> of red wine. Oh, look out. <laughs> it's the old man special. Here we go. <laughs> Is that a bleach stain on your jogging pants? Oh, here comes old man Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all old, old. Um, anything else we wanted to cover about uh, Tony Stark or Whiplash or Justin Hammer or anybody like that? No, no I, I think, think covered. I covered what I wanted to say. All right, so uh, time for our definitive rankings of how good the villains are. Uh, what do you got there, Rebecca? Okay, so I did the whip scale, obviously. Nice. Uh, I, so uh, from the 80s hit Whip It uh, to getting Whiplash in the car, um, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Whiplash uh, an Indiana Jones whip. Um, you've killed too many people for me to think you're a good guy. <laughs> nice, Andrew. Do you have a scale for us? Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for a uh, 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 different metal man. Uh, okay. So, uh, on a scale of uh, aluminum boy to Iron Man, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm giving him a palladium teen. Uh, he has made up problems. Uh, the palladium's killing him, and he could just not die. And he is uh, old enough to know that uh, he's old enough to know the severe things in life, but too young to know that he's an idiot about them. Yeah. So he's a palladium teen. I like it. Uh, I like yeah. it a lot. I've got the, uh, in honor of Tony's uh, arc reactor um, and all the problems he had with this in the movie, I'm doing an energy scale. Uh, so on a, a scale from a horse to a nuclear power plant, uh, I'm giving uh, Whiplash uh, a solid alternating current because someone made a whole lot of money on it, but not the immigrant who figured it out. <laughs> 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 Ooh. Bit, oh, of a, yeah. bit of a Nikola Tesla joke there for all deep your cut, listeners. Deep Damn. Cuts. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, where we describe people who have inspired or disappointed us in our personal life, uh, a couple ways you can help out the podcast. First of all, uh, whatever app you're listening to us on, uh, if please like and subscribe. Uh, feel free to leave us a one-sentence review. Um, that really helps us uh, move up in the rankings and helps new people discover us and everything like that. So if you could do that, that'd be really greatly appreciated. Um, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can hit us up at uh, on Twitter at VWR Podcast. Uh, you can also reach us on Facebook 
uh, facebook.com slash villain was right. Or if you've got uh, suggestions for movies that you guys want to see us do in the future, um, or just uh, want to leave us a nice little compliment because, uh, you know, we like hearing from you. Uh, you can hit us up at uh, villainwasright at gmail.com. Uh, so please feel free to do that. And as always, you can hit us up on our Patreon if you're looking for extra content or if you just want to support the podcast. Um, if you want to uh, have a little more say on what episodes we do, those sorts of things, you can hit us up at Patreon. A villain was right. Uh, hit us up there. If you're not on our Patreon, don't worry about it. We love that you listen. Thank you so much for listening every week. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, and now it is time for my very favorite hero and villain of the week. What do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so I've got uh, I've got a bit of a hero this week. It's my uh, friend Andy from uh, university. And uh, just all of this uh, Tony Stark trying to figure out new technologies got me kind of thinking back to this. So back at uh, McMaster, um, November 1st every year, the engineers would hold this uh, contest, and it was the pumpkin drop. And the idea was is that you had to build something that would allow a pumpkin to survive being thrown off the roof of the engineering building, right? So it was kind of this like fun little competition. And uh, my buddy Andy came to me. He's like, let's do this together. And I was like, all right, you know, what, what we're studying, it's very hard. We'll somehow find time to do it. And the two of us got talking and we came up with the most ridiculous plan to do this. So most people would build some sort of contraption out of wood or springs or something like that to try and cushion the fall. But what we decided to do was uh, we were going to uh, cook our pumpkin. Uh, So we spent hours carving this thing as thin as possible. Like this was the, the width of like a couple sheets of paper at the end. It was so hollow. We then filled this thing with water and put it in my oven until it was boiling. So this entire skin of this pumpkin ended up getting cooked, right? It turned into this like leathery... Uh, it felt like a football is essentially what it felt like after a while. So we show up the day of and everyone's got these huge contraptions and we just have literally like a deflated pumpkin. Like it's like a leathery pumpkin that you can like deform and like fold in half and it's not going anywhere. So they start throwing these pumpkins off the roof and like pumpkins are splattering everywhere. It's crazy. And they throw ours off and it's just like, a wet rag and it just slaps on the ground and totally deforms. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, there's a couple people that tied. So we're just going to keep throwing it off the roof until one of them breaks. And they threw ours off like four or five times and it didn't do anything. Cause it was like a piece of cloth. <laughs> so we won that. Uh, they gave us a free pumpkin pie and a $50 gift certificate to, uh, to Boston Pizza, which we, um, just spent buying beer for our friends, uh, which was kind of nice. But uh, that story also got me my first engineering job uh, because when they asked, when did you have a unique solution to a difficult problem? I told that story and I got the job because of it. So uh, Andy is my hero of the week. Oh, we tried to repeat this many other years. Uh, There's also a prize for biggest splat. So we decided to fill a pumpkin with mustard. <laughs> 
and threw it off, and that was a lot of fun too. But anyway, that's my hero for the week. I don't know why. That sounds like something I would do, but not for science. <laughs> oh, this wasn't science related at all. <laughs> yeah, was... You know what I mean? I'd just be like, yeah, for sure I would fill a pumpkin with mustard. I don't know why yet, but I'm sure I would do it. <laughs> to throw it off a building and watch it explode in mustard everywhere. That's why you do that. <laughs> that's my hero of the week. Uh, Andrew, do you have uh, one for us? Uh, yeah, uh, my, my hero of the week is a, uh, a woman who I saw just lose it at a liquor store, uh, this past week. (laughs) I already uh, like it. (laughs) Which was just delightful. So we're all, we're all doing the isolation thing. And, uh, I'd, I'd been out of booze and I was like, I kind of, it's still open as an essential service, but I've been putting it off. I'm like, ah, it's been three weeks. I haven't really made a run. Uh, but the beer store, which normally delivers, has stopped delivering. Um, the Foodora, which I don't know if they have that in the U.S. or whatever, but a food delivery service that normally can deliver liquor has now suspended that service. So I'm like, all right, it's been three weeks. I've been making one grocery run every 10 days. I'm going to allow myself this one luxury. Uh, I got like a homemade medical mask. I'm, I'm putting that on. I hand stitched it. I'm like, I'm going to the liquor store. I'm going to get some liquor. I'm in the liquor store. And there is a, a woman there, like, picking out her own stuff, like, getting a thing. And a delivery guy comes into the liquor store. And he's got this big branded delivery bag with the name of the delivery company, which I know, because I looked up, had suspended services of delivering liquor because they determined it was no longer, like, essential or safe. And this guy has his big bag and butts in line. And, like, pushes this woman out of the way to get closer to the front of the line. He's like, I'm here to grab a pickup. And he's not wearing a mask or medical gloves. He breaks distancing. We're all in a perfect, like, six feet apart line. So pushes this woman, bumps, butts in line, no protective gear, no social distancing. And this woman just snaps. This goddess, this queen just loses. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, excuse me, you just... You, you just butted in line and pushed me. And he's like, don't worry about it, lady. I'm just here for a pickup. And I, and like as soon as I heard him say, don't worry about it, lady, I was like, buddy, you just lit the fuse. How do you <laughs> not know? In what world have you been living in that at any point in life have you said the phrase, don't worry about it, lady, and it's worked out well for you? You idiot. So he says this, and then the woman is like, how are you even picking up a delivery right now? I know your food service. I don't want to be here today. I wanted it delivered. How are you doing deliveries? And he goes, oh, we still have deliveries open for our executive level customers. <laughs> and, and this woman started a revolution. <laughs> she went off holy we would like everyone in that liquor store was ready to start a new governance (laughs) led by this woman as she was like this is the problem with our society there's a two-class system you're here making deliveries to executive level customers while we can't get stuff delivered even though none of us want to be here and you're not wearing protective equipment putting your customers at risk and us at risk all because you're and like losing it and then, like, going off on, like, foundations of society until it reached a point where one of the liquor store employees was like, yeah, I don't think you should do this pickup today, bud, and doesn't give the guy the liquor. Yes! Ah. Yes! Yes! 
so like at that point, the dude's like, well, th- my customer's going to be pissed. And the guy's like, you got to go, man. Like they just shut it down. And like this, this queen of a woman literally removed a two tier class system <laughs> just through the power of righteous fury. I love her. She is my hero. And like, I know like it's not necessarily this delivery guy's fault that society's like this, but she went off and it did reach a point where I'm like, I don't even think she's yelling at him as much as she is starting a revolution, but I am ready to pick up and head to the streets. Let's do this. That's my hero. Of the love week. it. Oh, love I love that it. story so much. Oh, so good. Oh, that has everything I want. Liquor, revolution. It's all stories really neat, I believe. Uh, Watching Rebecca's face as you like revealed female lead? Are you kidding me? Oh I'm I'm currently shopping around the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pick so, up the rights to that. So I had heard uh, Andrew, you had sort of told me uh, that story before, and like when it came to the part where you were like uh, there's a two-tiered executive system. I was watching Rebecca because I knew that's the point where she's going to get on board, and she had the exact yeah. reaction I thought she was going to have. It was, yeah. it was glorious. Yeah. glorious. <laughs> so appar- yeah, which is infuriating that apparently some food delivery services have that have closed to the general certain deliveries to the general public have a secret like VIP executive tier customer that still gets deliveries despite what recommendations are. So that is. Bullshit. Uh, oh. that, you know what? That's also a villain. Um, that's a villain. I got two. That's, that concept <laughs> is a villain of the week. Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, man. We should have got you to end. That had everything. Um, <laughs> for myself, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to tell a quick story about how I used to. Uh, this, is a, this is a story where I'm the villain for sure. No questions. Um, I used to work, my first job was at a Zellers, okay, which is, God, can I get more Canadian constantly? Um, I, yeah, I worked at a Zellers for many, for many years, and I, at one point, I would work the overnight shift, okay, because at one point, Zellers decided that they needed overnight people uh, for the Christmas rush, I guess, so I'm like this teenager that's working at like 3 a.m. to cover a jewelry counter that nobody has any business buying anything at. And like strange things would happen all the time. Like like at one point, uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, you got to come see – you got to come see the rats. And I was like, come see the rats. I was like, the rats are gone, girl. Like, if they were there, they're now gone. She goes, no, no, come see the rats. And somebody had put a rat in each individual coffee maker with food in them. (laughs) So there's just like a row of rats, okay? And this shit would happen all the time, right? So, like, and you would be dealing with some really dicey people because generally, aside from some essential workers where it's like, okay, you're a nurse and you have a really weird schedule. So you're in here and this is very convenient for you. And I'm glad for that. But then you also have people that are just drunk out and have nowhere to go. So we're going to go to the only place that's open in this small town, which is Zellers for some reason at this moment. Right. So I'm constantly dealing with these people. Right. Anyway, there was this one woman comes in and she's drunk, like really drunk, but she's, she's like, she's drunk and she needs to buy Christmas presents and what have you, right? So she's talking to me for at least 20 minutes, and I cannot get this woman to go away. Like, I'm, I'm showing her everything I've got. She, We go over each option three times. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm, ha, whatever, right? 
finally, she lands on this one piece where she goes, oh, my friend's name's Sarah. I'm going to buy her this S pendant. That'll be the thing I buy, right? And I'm like, yeah, girl, for sure. I take it out, and I'm starting to scan it, and I realize very quickly, because this is all like cursive letters, and they're all supposed to be very fancy, I realize immediately that this is a J. Okay, this girl is so drunk that she has confused this S, or this J as an S. It says very clearly on the back that it's a J. And I'm looking at it, and I'm having this moral moment with myself, and I got to tell you, didn't do the right thing. I was like, fuck this bitch, and I scanned it, and I sold it to her. And I got, and I, I think about this woman every once in a while because I, I, I can't imagine the moment she had the next day when she woke up hungover with a J pendant for God knows who. <laughs> <laughs> All because I was unwilling to talk to her for another 10 minutes. Anyway, I'm definitely the villain of that story. Don't shop drunk is, I guess, the moral. You don't want, yeah, people aren't going to help you if you're shopping drunk. Yeah, but also probably just don't buy shit from me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. Rebecca's album is available now. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, dude! Uh, <sighs> buy shit from Rebecca. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think that uh, that does it for us uh, this week. Uh, Andrew, where can people grab you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Ivamy, I-V-I-M-E-Y, or uh, listen to me weekly on uh, the Talk From Superheroes podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just uh, search Talk From Superheroes. Sounds great. Hey, Rebecca. Oh, and you can follow me at Rebecca Reads at anything of your choosing as usual. Nice. And you can follow me uh, at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, also check out my YouTube channel because I am uh, going to be launching a video series very shortly. Uh, and uh, I'd love it if you guys could uh, check it out. So check out uh, myself, Craig Fay, on uh, YouTube or check out Facebook and Twitter for uh, announcements for when those videos drop. Um, and that's been us for The Villain Was Right. Uh, stay tuned for next week. We've got, uh, we've got some amazing episodes uh, lined up for you. We haven't really figured out what it is yet. But uh, you can, as we said, we can hop on Facebook and Twitter and we're going to be announcing those well in advance of uh, when those come out. So be sure to come back and uh, check that out. And until then, this is The Villain Was Right reminding you to patent your nuclear reactor designs. (laughs) (laughs) The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.